Blog Talk Radio. It's the Jenny Hatch Show at Blog Talk Radio. I am your host. My special guest today is Brad McQueen, author of the book, The Brad, are you there? We're trying to connect with Brad on the phone, and it is not working, so just one minute. Brad wrote a book called Cult of Common Core. He is an Arizona educator who helped to write the actual tests that are being used on our students this year in public schools, and he was so horrified by what he saw happening when he flew up to Chicago and saw the um, saw the reality of of this test being created that he decided to become an activist and um, has written this amazing book. His book was published a couple of uh, months ago. And I read it and feel that in all of the studies I have done around Common Core, it is the most concise, the most specific, and the most helpful for parents, teachers, educators, politicians, any concerned citizen out there to get educated on the Common Core. So I'm so excited to have Brad on the show. I'm waiting right now for him to call in so that we can connect. And um, looks like he's here. So, Brad McQueen, you are live on the Jenny Hat Show. Are you there? I'm here. It's good to finally talk to you, Jenny. You too. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come onto the show. I just gave a few minutes introduction to my listeners. Why don't you go ahead and share with us your contact information, the name of your book, where it can be purchased, and any other important information that my listeners would be interested in who are getting educated about the Common Core? Um, well, I'm a, a fifth-grade teacher, fifth-grade teacher in a public school in um, Tucson, Arizona, and uh, recently I wrote a book called The Cult of Common Core. Um, that's available on Amazon. It's a self published book, and um, uh, so you can get it on Amazon right now. It's either in the ebook version, which is for Kindle, or uh, I think everything except Nook. You can do it on iPad and everything else, or even on your computer. Um, it can also, you can also uh, order the paperback. Um, it's print-on-demand, so as soon as you order it, it'll print it out and send it to you. Um, and then I can be contacted. Most of my article. I also write articles, uh, so most of my articles, and I believe the book has my contact information. It's the the email is the uh, is uh, cultofcommoncore at gmail dot com. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I know you're on Facebook because I'm friends with you, and you're very active on Twitter. So, is yep. there any other social media platforms or places on the web where people can find you? Um, that's probably the best place is on Facebook. I have a, a page called Cult of the Cult of Common Core, um, and on Twitter as well, it's called Cult Com- Cult of Common Core. If you, if you type that in, it'll pop up, so you can keep in touch with tweets and 
every time I write a new article, I tweet it out and I put it on the Cult of Common Core website. Um, I have a personal website on Facebook um, that I, I, I'm using. I don't open it up to everybody just yet. I'm trying to figure out a way to do that because I'm, I'm still a teacher. And so when I put my personal opinions out there on my, at least my personal web page, I have to be really careful, you know, um, especially now that with the article, many of the articles I'm writing these days are going against or going after the um, corruption and, uh, in our Department of Education and with our governor. And so I've got some long knives out for me, so I need to be pretty, pretty careful, at least in that area for now. Well, I just reviewed your book. As I said, I read it a couple of months ago, and at the very end of the book, you talk about how you are so excited to write your second book, which you've already titled, called The Death of the Leviathan, How Americans Stormed the Castle and Killed the Common Core Beast. I love that title because I have this sense of mission and duty that as a citizen, it's my job to help expose this thing for what it is. You haven't written that book yet, but my big question to you is what can we do to get from where we are today to the point where you can comfortably and confidently write that book? Um, in the book, that, that second book itself was, is, is definitely um, hopeful. That I hope I get to write a book that has that title and the content to follow, and that, that is going to require people to rise up to, to slay the common core beast. And I call it the common core beast a lot. Um, the book is called The Cult of Common Core because of my experience with common core. Um, it is very cult-like. There's groupthink, and they go after people who, you know, former members that uh, speak out against them. You know, um, I was actually, I guess, officially a former member. I worked on the uh, common core test, the park test, um, and they've been coming after me since I've been speaking out. Um, but the title itself is, is, is a hopeful looking towards the future um, that the that current conditions, that the conditions will, will turn around so that we can slay the Common Core beast, the Common Core learning standards, the NSA-like NSA data suctioning systems that are in our schools right now, um, and the Common Core test, testing and all that stuff. Um, and I'm already seeing this. Even since I've written the book in, you know, the end of March, I'm seeing the the opposition to Common Core growing exponentially. And what is happening, I'm seeing anyways, is as people are affected by it, they turn against it because they, you know, you can be proactive and educate yourself on the Common Core, but usually people are so busy. If teachers are busy, they're overwhelmed with their day, and parents are busy, they have their lives. Um, but the other side. The, the uh, progressives in Washington, D.C. that want to control your kids' minds and centralize all the decision-making power over what your kids see and learn about in school, um, they're very busy as well. So what I'm finding is as people are affected by it, um, they wake up because as soon as you talk to someone about what Common Core is really about, they're instantly against it. Um, I think that's why you're seeing moms. What I, what I was inspired by was the moms that originally started speaking out against it because they were affected when their kids were bringing home these ridiculous math problems. They were called common core math problems, and they were supposed to be more rigorous. When they actually aren't more rigorous, they're just more ridiculous. They're more complicated 
their, you know, 50 steps instead of two to solve a problem, um, I started seeing moms that were being affected stand up and confront board of educations in their in their regions and governors in New York. Um, I also started seeing uh, in New York, anyways. I saw teacher unions starting to come out against Common Core when they had been for it for the past four years. Um, but they That's were That's right. When the when the rubber hit when the rubber hit yeah. the road and they really realized what this was about. Uh, this was the most surprising part to me, too, because I tend to be kind of a libertarian type politically. Mm-hmm. And uh, early on, we were stereotyped, the common, anti-Common Core activists were stereotyped as all right-wing and, you know, Tea Party type people. But who knew the day would come when a bunch of, of progressive New York educators would partner with uh, all of these Glenn Beck fans and say, you know, we need to do something about this. Yeah, and the thing, the thing is, it's um, they became. I mean, now I, I, my my next question is: Are they going to? Are the is the NEA and the AFT? Are they going to give back the tens of millions of dollars that the Gates Foundation gave to them? Um, probably not. So I don't really, you know, I, it's kind of trust but verify their opposition because it can easily be bought off in many instances. But right now, if someone's against Common Core for whatever reason, I'll take it and fight that battle the next time because I think a lot of what the unions and the union teachers are against um, is the connection uh, of the Common Core results, the test results, to the teacher's salary and performance. That, you know, that, that could have an impact on teacher salaries and on union dues that are deducted from those salaries in those states where, where teachers have to join the unions. That's when they really started um, coming out supposedly against the Common Core, and they tend to be against the implementation. They keep saying the implementation was so shoddy. I don't hear a lot about, you know, they're against the Common Core standards necessarily, maybe this version of the Common Core. Um, And you have people like, you know, again, I'm glad they're in the parade right now shouting to get rid of Common Core, and that would be a great thing that we can all combine to get rid of. But once Common Core is gone, there's going to be another big discussion as to, well, what's going to replace it? And, you know, we might be on opposite sides of that. But until then, welcome to the parade. Um, I mean, someone like Diane Rabbit, I'm sure you've read a lot of her stuff. Or, or seen oh, her yeah, stuff. She's, the, she's the Massachusetts educator who was so instrumental in setting up world-class, talk about world-class, you know, world-class standards for the students in her state. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's funny because with her as well, it's you know I'm glad she's a, a really outspoken, you know she's very outspoken against this version of the Common Core. And again, welcome to the parade. Let's do it and get rid of this version, this Common Core. But a lot of her talk is about this version of the Common Core, which she wasn't involved in, because and every time I read her, it's, you know I'm glad she's getting again. I'm glad it's the the message is getting out there about being against Common Core, but during the 90s, she was she was working for the Department of Education, doing the exact same thing. She was she worked under Bush One's Department of Education. She was using education Department of Education dollars to set up these nonprofit front groups to start these to uh, do these national standards with history and with history. Um, and it was so politically charged that uh, it was instantly nixed. It became so politically toxic. Um, 
but I think Common Core took a page out, you know, learned from that because this time around they're not doing the social studies and science up front yet. They're just doing their, they've taken control of math and um, reading and writing, sort of the skills areas, and they're leaving the, those other areas um, alone for now, except you're seeing it in the AP, you know, AP courses are doing that because it became so toxic, their reinterpretation of the, of the history standards. Um, and they're also taking a page from her book by um, using front groups like the National Governors Association and a bunch of other acronym groups. They, they sprout up everywhere. It's like whack-a-mole. They, they come up everywhere. They, they reproduce. But they, they use these, the federal government is using these front groups to act as if Common Core isn't a federally mandated program that states, you know, states are directing this, that, and the other. Um, but they kind of used her, Diane Roberts' playbook on that as well. And she's actually come out, you know, she's come, she's, she's said many times in, in, in an interview, uh, in, in different interviews that she's uh, not necessarily against national standards or the spirit of the Common Core. She's against these standards as they are. So, again, walk well, pray, that's great. <laughs> but, no, uh, I understand we're, we're, we're what you're saying, and I... I actually think I'm confusing her with the other female activist who was on the Common Core um, language arts team. What was her name? That wasn't Diana Ravitch. Who was that? The one who um, wouldn't sign off on it. Yeah. The, um, the one who wouldn't sign off on it was uh, Stotsky. Yeah, I confused her with Sandra Stotsky. I'm sorry. You're right. Oh, no, Diana no. Ravitch is the Stotsky. one who I came up with... Stotsky. Yes, I love Sandra, and that's who I was referring to who, who set up the Massachusetts standards. Um, yeah. Diana Ravitch is the one who, who wrote the founding fathers out of the history textbooks in the 90s. Yeah. And even the Democrats are like, uh, you can't do that. So, so I apologize yeah, for getting her wrong. No, no. And Liz Cheney put her, you know, led the charge to get rid of that. And, but they're, they're, they don't go away. They're, they're back again with the AP history exam at the college board. Um, Coleman, you know, who helped write the, the Common Core Standards, um, and one of the architects of the Common Core, you know, he's in charge of the college board, the AP exam. So now that history, that reimagined history where the founders are excluded is now back again in the AP history uh, exam. So it's come yeah, back and again. I, why, don't you go ahead, why don't you go ahead and talk about David Coleman because it's really interesting how he's the architect of the Common Core and now he's also in charge of all of the tests that will enable, enable our students to get into universities. Um, I, I just think that is a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, I mean, and that's what they do, though, is they, they, they tend to, in their arrogance, I think they forecast what their true intentions are until they're called on it, then they have to pull back. Um, you know, he's in charge of, he went from constructing the, um, and he's a non-educator as far as I know. He was instrumental in, in writing the Common Core learning standards, as were pretty much the entire um, initial writing committee of both the math and writing standards weren't educators. They were test companies. They were textbook companies. They were common core people in the various nonprofit groups. Um, eventually, they brought in educators as advisors, but they didn't have to take their advice. Um, but David Coleman, after he got done with that, he was rewarded with millions of dollars to help promote the common core with another acronym group. 
again, this whack-a-mole thing, and then he went over to another acronym. You know, now he's at the college board, where, which is in charge of the SAT, which he's already reworked. They've dumbed the SAT down. Um, yeah, they got they, rid of the essay. The essay mm-hmm. portion's gone. They're um, mm-hmm. making it so that these kids pretty much, you know, answer C on all the multiple choice questions, and you'll get to go to college. Yeah, and they don't, they don't, um, they don't. Yeah, like you said, they don't count off or if you, you know, you don't get penalized for getting a wrong answer. Um, so they're 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 dumbing down the college admissions to match up with the dumbed down standards from in K through 12, which are com- which are known as Common Core. So everyone can get into college. Not you're not college and career ready in the traditional sense. You're, you you might be ready for, you know. Uh, uh, community college or something possibly with Common Core, but you're not ready for um, higher level learning and going into science, technology, engineering, and mathematics fields um, with the Common Core. But he's, that's a big job, though, with, with the SAT because you, you, you control college admission standards because they, um, a lot of colleges will rely on those, um, those standards. And the AP test itself, the advanced placement test for history, um, They've done it differently this year where they used to just offer general guidelines for the AP test that the, the kids in high schools take for you know, possible college credit. Um, now they've, they've been very um, detailed as to what's going to be on the test. So then, of course, the teachers will teach to that test um, so that they can get into, the, into these uh, schools and, and get credit for college. So they're basically forecasting. I think their true intention has always been, it's never been about education. First off, Common Core isn't about education. Um, I think a lot of people mistake that they're just learning standards and, oh, it's about a new way of teaching or any of that stuff that people might hear, even teachers kind of buy that line. It's about controlling the population. It's about controlling what our kids learn. Um, Teachers and educators have such power over what kids think in the classroom every day. And if if they aren't held in check, by parents who are involved and parents that get involved to set, you know, learning standards and hold their government, their local government and state and national governments accountable, um, parents are giving away the keys to their kids' minds. So I think when you were saying earlier about what can parents do or what can people do to, to fight this common core thing, I think is, you know, it's becoming involved in what, what's happening in your kid's class because as soon as parents start getting involved, it's incredible the power they have over teachers. Um, when a parent walks in and has questions, it's terrifying for a teacher who's not sure what they're doing. Um, and when parents get involved, um, I don't care how much Bill Gates' money gets thrown at this fire of com- called Common Core, um, parents are instant fire extinguishers. Um, the power of parents, of, a, of an angry uh, parent who, who's realized their kids are being their minds are being messed with um, by these central planners in Washington D.C. The power is overwhelming. It can overwhelm any financial disadvantage um, the anti-comic well, core side might have. In your chapter on Bill Gates in your book Cult of Common Core, you expose the fact that there is nine billion—that's nine thousand million dollars—that even Bill Gates has admitted. Uh, will be tied to this down the road. And we all know that Bill likely could be the first trillionaire the world has ever seen. And 
I see him looking at this education thing, which is not just going on in America. It's being rolled out all over the world. Um, Pearson is a worldwide company, and I would guess that the biggest stockholder at Pearson could potentially be that first trillionaire. What do you think? Yeah, and I think you know, and, and that was even that was since that I wrote the book. I mean, that 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 number nine billion was like infinitesimal. I've heard also hundreds of billions now. Um, people are saying of, and that means there's a um, K through 12, kindergarten through 12 market to market his products. And I think a lot of people wonder um, because when I first heard of Common Core, I, you know, I was working on state tests. I was right up at our state house. I worked on state tests for the past five years. Um, our state test until it was discontinued, I heard about Common Core coming, and I just figured it was a set of learning standards. But then when I started, you know, came closer to being implemented, I started hearing about these different people that were for it. Like when you hear Bill Gates is for something, you think, well, it must be good. Bill Gates is successful. You know, Bill Gates is ahead of the curve. Maybe he knows what's going on. And then you hear the Chamber of Commerce is for it. Well, that's business. I'm, I like business. I like big business. I like, you know, you think in that way and you think, well, um, then you see certain politicians that are for it as well and they seem conservative. Well, that's unusual. Um, maybe there's something to this Common Core thing um, until you start looking into it. There's a big money-making um, component and a social justice component. I think Bill Gates is both, and he has, he's straddling both those things. The, um, there's a big money-making potential because of the data mining uh, the FERPA laws, education privacy, law, privacy laws have been changed so that um, information can now be pulled out of your kid's classroom. Envision it, envision it being you know, a big suctioning system that suctions all private information about your kid, and it goes right up to the Department of Education. They can share it with now private companies. They've changed the regulations, and they've changed the regulations so, so that parents don't have to be notified when their kid's private data is being shared. And it's about a whole host of stuff, not just school-related. Um, and they don't have to um, be asked for their permission as well. Um, and with that data, big business and the Bill Gates of the world and the Chambers of Commerce have this instant market. They don't have to go do product research. Now they have kids they can use. They can use, you know, go into the schools, and if it's under the guise of anything related to education, they can go in and test out a software program. It's under the guise of education and all their information is open to them to take. Um, and it sounds like, it does sound like conspiracy theory. Um, and so did the IRS um, scandal sound like conspiracy theory. Uh, so did the NSA spying sound like conspiracy theory until it was proven to be true. Um, and you're seeing it now in place. I see it now. They did a field test with the park, which is the uh, Common Core test. They did a field test in Arizona and across the country, and so did Smarter Balance. That was the data suctioning in action. No parents were asked for their permission for the Common Core field test to take place in their schools, and uh, all that data was pulled out. We don't know where it went, but it's going to make their test better so they can sell it back to us. So there's a big money-making component where they can use our kids as product research and to sell back, in, you know, technology to the kids um, and, and even make their gaming apps better. Um, uh, if they can suction information about the kids, they'll track everything about the kids, their interests politically, non-politically. Um, so there's definitely a big money-making component uh, to, to all this. 
Um, and Bill Gates, I think, well, and the, has that money, but there's also that social justice thing. There's a big social justice component that pulls in the, the left of the equation. There is. And, and as you outlined so well in your book, there's also the component of quickly identifying teachers whose students appear to be free thinkers and then shutting them out of the practice of teaching if it appears that they are not conforming to the standards, to the curriculum, to the tests. And you identify in your book how easy it is with computers to just go in and say, this actual teacher is not teaching to the test, they're not teaching the curriculum they were given, so off with their head. I, I'd like to talk to you about the blowback that you referred to. You said the people who are after you have long knives. What sort of whistleblower blowback have you personally experienced since you've gone public? Well, um, no, and I've only gone public very recently. It was only in late February. I wrote my first op-ed against the Common Core. So it's been very recent. Um, and that was after I worked on the Common Core test for twice um, over a year. So I got, you know, I got inside, you know, an inside view of what Common Core was about. And it's not about testing. And it's not about education. Because um, I was repeatedly told when I was working on the Common Core test, um, when I was working on a writing component, we were scoring writing samples, they would say, we don't care what the kids think. We don't care. If they write down what they think, um, they're going to fail the, the writing portion of this test. Um, we expect them to repeat what the experts we're presenting with them say, and they should, they should restate their opinions. So, um, and I, repeat, you know, I, I, I said, well, we don't teach that way. We teach them to think for themselves and gather information to back up their uh, assertions, and uh, they said, well, we, when the test comes out, we expect teachers to mimic what's on the test, so that will be mimicked in the classroom. So Repeat what the you, actually, you actually flew up to Chicago and were part mm -hmm. of the group that wrote the first tests. Um, no, I wasn't. Uh, I, I don't, it's funny that you should say that because we don't know who wrote the test. Even I don't know who wrote the test. They don't tell us who actually wrote the questions, and that was one of my first questions. I was um, um, selected by my State Department of Education to go work in Chicago about a year and a half ago for a week. I worked on the rubrics that were to judge the writing sample, the writing for the kids. The reading and writing are sort of intermingled on the test. And then I also went to review test items another week. Um, just reviewing them for various things. There's many components you have to review, and you're, we're supposed to be getting feedback on the on the questions. Um, you know, even have, after having said that, um, I, yeah, I tried to give feedback. I tried to give do what I was hired to do or, or brought in to do, um, and it was obvious from the start that we were there not to give input. We were there not to give our feedback. We were there to be... Uh, uh, checked off as teachers were involved in this process. Thank you very much. We've already read <laughs> you, the questions. You were the yes, you were the patsy. Here's we our were. here's our false here's our false front. We were common, we, we were common Core's Oswald. Yeah, we were definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's that's the thing. It, it's uh, yeah. It's uh, but but I went up to uh, to work on those tests and and I had no opinion about Common Core any either way. I just said. We were going to have to implement them the next school year and the standards. And I was like, I want to go see what the test looks like to see if I need to change anything in my classroom. And on my first question, when I started reading the, you know, the questions on on the test and the essays, I I, I asked that exact question. I said, Well, who wrote all this? It doesn't sound like a teacher wrote any of these questions. 
you know, you wouldn't get an answer from a kid by asking it this way or, you know, and they wouldn't tell me who wrote what do you, it. What do you, you bet it was, what do you bet it was Bill Ayers? <laughs> you know what, be funny? I bet it was. And, and that's the thing is we can't know who it is because it's, it was written by um, Achieve, which is another acronym group, a Common Core group. I call them all the Common Core group. They were a big Common Core group, Achieve, Inc., um, and they're a private company, so we don't, they don't have uh, freedom of information requests where we can go and see what the meetings, what meetings took place, how they selected the writers of these standards, how, we, how they selected um, who was going to write these questions on the Common Core test. Um, they wouldn't even tell me when I asked who wrote these uh, questions. They just kept repeating the same mantra of um, teachers were involved. I'm like, great, teachers were involved. Wow. Who, they, who were they involved with? Teachers were involved in the process. If you really want to know, go look on our website. They, they really shut me down And when I asked simple questions, like even who wrote the standards. Um, and that's when I, I really started getting that gut feeling of there is something big wrong here. And I didn't want to believe that it was sinister, but the more research I did, and I did months of research before I went back to my next park um, or Common Core test um, uh, group. I, did, I went another time to Chicago for a week, and it just confirmed everything with this new information. It confirmed my gut instincts, and that's when I just said, I, you know, this is exactly what all the anti-Common Core conspiracy theorist types were saying at the time. There weren't a lot of them, but they were exactly right. And the moms that were standing up to these boards of education and legislators, they were asking the right questions, they had the right information, and they were dismissed as ill-informed white suburban housewives who kids aren't as brilliant as they think they are, and, you know, Arnie Duncan called them that. They had it right. And that's when after, you know, going back from working on the Common Core test and looking at my kids in my classroom every day, I thought, I cannot sit here with this information. And, and they were saying, my superintendent of instruction was saying, all the teachers are for this overwhelmingly, and they're the ones working with this. And I definitely was against it. So... I finally, after a, a while, I just finally said, I'm going to write an op-ed in my local, you know, online and, and put the information out there and say, this teacher isn't for it, this is where it came from, and this is what my experience was, the end. And I figured I'd just put it out there. Um, and while, when I put it out there, um, I got a call from my Department of Education within a couple days um, trying to intimidate me into silence. Um, Big Brother was, was watching. They were, and they called right into my classroom. Um, and it was intimidating at first, but then I realized, then I got mad. I, I don't like, yeah. no one likes being intimidated. Then I got mad, and I was like, you know what? They're the types that are going to find a way to get rid of me now. I'm on their radar. I'm going to take everything I know. I'm putting it out there so that if anything happens to me professionally, all they can do is, the worst they can do to me is fire me and maybe impugn my reputation or do something in public or something, you know. But, I, you know, I was going to put everything down, get it out there, and then parents could do with it what they want, teachers could do with it what they want. And that was the, the culmination of that was I spent a couple weeks and wrote the book and night and day and well, put it online, not expecting it to sell, but just thinking it wasn't something I wrote to sell. It was a concise little book, really short, that a, someone could read an hour and a half, two hours tops, really simple, right to the point, none of the education language or the acronyms that they could get a basic understanding of Common Core. Um, 
And I figured I might print off a copy or get a copy and give it to anyone who asked me outside of school. I could hand it to them and say, this is all I know about Common Core. Um, but then it just took off. You know? And then I started yeah. writing articles and articles and articles and articles and I haven't stopped since. Well, I've got to tell you, my friend, I've been an education activist for a long time. And if I know nothing else, I know this. They are more afraid of us than we are of them, and there is nothing to be afraid of in regards to them. They look scary because they've got so much money and they've got the credentials and they've got the power and all that, but there is nothing to be afraid of. And they are so intimidated and threatened by a little Kindle book that you sell for five bucks on Amazon. <laughs> that, yep. You know, they will stop yeah, and they, nothing to shut you up and discredit you. And I, I think it's great you still have your job. You started the school year this year, right? Yep. Yep. And that was and the thing was at the end of the school year, just the book had come out, and no one really knew about it. Just they knew about the op-ed, and that was it. Now there's been like 30 articles and interviews and everything else. But um, I'm glad you mentioned the thing about that, that they're not as basically they're not as bright, they're not as anything as we think they are whether they're a teacher, an administrator, a legislator, or anybody else, parents need to know that because what they'll do is they'll start turning on the education ease when you want to ask a question about Common Core or anything else. Um, parents are their kids' chief educators. You know your kids. You're just lending them out. You're paying someone else through taxpayer dollars if you send your kids to public schools to, for someone else to educate your kids for a bit, but you're still in charge of that. If they start throwing education ease at you, then you tell them to stop and speak English because they know how to do that. When the education ease comes up, it's when they're really scared. Um, I've seen it happen time and time again when you just say, okay, cut it out. What's going on here? Talk to me. Um, and they did, I mean, I, I, one other thing they did do, they were very retaliatory and, you know, good for them. This, my State Department of Education blackballed me. I found out later they blackballed me from their, uh, from all the, the summer work that I normally do. I, I, I contract myself out to the Department of Education to work on a multiple amount, multiple assessments. Um, and that's how I supplement my teacher income throughout the year. Uh, I work in the summer and sometimes throughout the year. They blackballed me and I got n no, no work since that article, ca that article came out. Um, and so put, put a dollar amount. I actually, got, I actually got the emails because I did a FOIA request, or the um, Arizona Daily Independent, which I contribute to, got a FOIA request, and we got all their emails, and I went through them. There was a flurry of emails where they were just coming after me and trying to get someone to write an article against me and take him off the list. There were some really incredibly disparaging remarks about me in emails with my name in the, you know, the heading. Um, so it's pretty incredible that uh, these bureaucrats, high up bureaucrats who are just beneath the superintendent of instruction, and probably him as well, but um, he's another whole story. Um, but uh, all these bureaucrats, these associate superintendents, spent taxpayer dollars sending emails against a teacher who had a private opinion that he expressed in an op-ed, whereas Bureaucrats are there to implement the political policies. If they cut common part of the equation tomorrow, they're to be expected to implement the opposite of common core if that's what the politicians tell them to do. But our bureaucracies and edu our education departments around the country are very invested with common core. They've been working so with where, common core. Where in your, 
Where in your teacher contract does it say that you give up your rights of free speech as an American citizen when you sign on to become a teacher in America? This, this is so revolting to me. I want you to put a dollar amount on this summer's blackballing of you not being able to pick up a few extra dollars by helping with assessments. How much money were you making doing that? It wasn't an incredible amount. It would vary, but it could be anywhere from three to 4000 something like that. Yeah, it's not, um, it's not chunk change. No, yeah. no. And I think just the fact um, the blackballing itself is you're marked. You know, they even said in their emails, we've marked this file. And, you know, they have a lot of control over us in our schools. Luckily, I have an incredibly, my district, it's a tiny district, um, is very supportive because I talked to my superintendent and my human resource people right after the op-ed came out. Um, they're very supportive, but I don't expect them to stand up for me necessarily and, and risk their family's livelihood and all that should the superintendent of education or the governor try and uh, uh, put some weight on them. But, you know, I, I can take care of myself. But um, I think well, that is I one think reason. You should make, I think you should make a whole lot of noise. If you get audited by the IRS, if you get fired, if you find it impossible to find job as a teacher, I hope that you will rally or allow your students, their parents, their district to rally around you to make some noise because really yeah. it's shaming them that, it, that is our best tool. You fired this yeah. teacher, this excellent teacher, for what? People need to hear those stories if it happens. And I think the, the, the odd thing is I'm realizing, I guarantee you, there are a multitude of teachers around the country that were shut down early on in the process. Like they might have been shut down after the first phone call. Um, and I think it's, it's, I really think there's a lot more teachers out there. Now with teachers themselves, um, there is a big chunk, there are some teachers that are, that are aware of what Common Core is and they would like to speak out, but they see things like what are happening to me um, they're afraid um, and they're intimidated. But um, there is a big chunk of teachers as well that just don't really understand what Common Core is. They, they're so busy and so overwhelmed, especially this first part of the year and during the year. They, I mean, I just, and I still meet them every day that where they think, well, it's just learning standards. They're just the new standards that we're implementing. And I used to think that as well, but no, they're not the new learning standards. They're but I think once they start this year, I think, is when once the tests start happening, if they get to that point in the spring and their salaries are connected to those Common Core tests, um, we're going to see a different story. They're going to be very interested in what the Common Core is. New York just had a head start on this. They, they felt it earlier because they created their own version of the Common Core test in New York. Um, right, and they rolled it out a year before anybody else. I know. Yeah, and then so we got a good preview. Luckily, they did that. They they did it because they got you know, over seven hundred million dollars in a, you know, from the race to the top money, and they were supposed to be the, the example, the laboratory to show how great Common Core was going to be. But just the opposite happened. Um, oh, it was beautiful. You know, it was beautiful. I was I was laughing great. my head off. Now, with these little elementary schools, the yeah. teachers and parents are out there demonstrating the week of the test, going, "You have to stop! Our children are melting down." Yeah, I thought it was yeah and exactly. And that's the thing with, with the Common Core test. And, and there's, such, there's such an urgency right now to stop this now in this, new, in this next election cycle. 
in getting people in the primaries especially, get those people out of office that don't have a handle on what Common Core is. Um, and if they call themselves a conservative and they are for Common Core, you can't use those two things in the same sentence. You can't say you're for the government coming in and taking state sovereignty over education and parent sovereignty over their kids' minds and be a conservative in the same sentence. Um, if we don't get the right people in office, that's another thing that people can do to defeat Common Core because we're seeing it across the country where parents are going directly to legislators with and, and writing legislation with legislators and saying this is what we want and getting them on board as well. Heidi Huber is doing that in Ohio. I, I met her when I went to speak out there. Um, Jenny White in Oklahoma did it patiently, and they were one of the strongest anti-Common Core bills that got rid of everything related to Common Core in their state. That could be a model for everybody else. Um, well, and I heard that your governor in Arizona just changed the name of it. Yeah, a lot of states did that. Instead of, um, if I, I believe if you adopted the Common Core, uh, the Common Core standards, you could, um, you could. Um, they gave you under the, because they're copyrighted. The Common Core standards are copyrighted. You can't change them. Um, but uh, there's some provision in there that you can change the name of them if you, if you uh, satisfy certain requirements. And like, I mean, each state, like they might call them the Sunshine Laws or other Sunshine, I mean, the Sunshine Standards or Arizona's College and Career Readiness Standards. It's the same thing. They just changed the name so that there were people calling the, Department of Education and asking, you know, is Common Core still around? And people would say no. No, it's, it's just changed their name. So they, you know, it's very, know. They're, they're playing these games. They pulled out of the park consortium to pretend like, you know, you because know, we have a, a bidding process in our state, and they pulled out of the park consortium, Arizona did, to, to not show favoritism to the park exam, which is bidding in our state test. And it's a big charade. They've been involved with the park test for and I wrote several articles on it, but there's a lot of details. But there's a lot of name, you know, uh, wordsmithing going on. Now our now our superintendent of instruction, who has been, was on the governing board of Park, the Common Core Test Group, he's support, he's, he was going to get a, an award from the Chamber of Commerce for his support of Common Core until they found out that he was posting online uh, anonymously, you know, attacking his political enemies, they, they withdrew <laughs> that award. Now, as his opponent, who is fiercely anti-Common Core, Diane Douglas, um, now that she's gaining, if not ahead of him in the polls, he's now saying he's against Common Core, and he always has been. This I is, know, this I is saw that. Was, this is who we're dealing with. This is who we're dealing with. I this, know. This they are shameless. Just shameless. No, but they're relying on low-information voters and apathetic voters, but a, a small group of determined parents that go to vote and start influencing and put up signs, um, they're able to, de they can defeat this. We can defeat it. Yeah. I think. We can be that irate, tireless minority that John Adams so eloquently talked about. Hey, listen, our time is winding up. Brad McQueen's been my guest, author of Cult of Common Core. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Go ahead and share one more time email contacts, where people can find you on Twitter and Facebook. Okay. Um, on, on Twitter, um, at the Cult of, Common, uh, Cult of Common Core on Twitter, and The Cult of Common Core on Facebook. There's a page there. And Gmail is cultofcommoncore at gmail.com. Noticing a pattern? 
And, <laughs> and <laughs> Dust of Common Core, the name of the book, is available on Amazon in print and um, ebook. And Brad's book is a must-read. If you're just getting up to speed with Common Core, just go over to Amazon, get it on your Kindle. You can read it in a day or two. It's a wonderful mm-hmm. primer on what's really going on. And, you know, Brad is one of the rock stars. He was literally in the belly of the beast and came out of it and said, you know, I need to say to everybody what's going on. And you did it. And uh, that's what makes you a rock star in my book. Brad McQueen, thanks so much for your time. Have a great week at school. I hope you still have your job the next time we connect. I will be praying that it's so. You Arizona people, you let Brad keep his job. And uh, if if anything happens, you get fired or anything, I want to hear about it, and I will use whatever power I have to to blast that news across the Internet. Because the teachers who do stand up over this next year, they need to have assurances that if they're going to be whistleblowers, that they will not lose their jobs, that this side of it is really sick. And um, I hope that you teachers who listen to this podcast We'll go ahead, muster your courage. If a group of you will stand up and do it, uh, that I think that's really going to be all we need. We just need some brave people like Brad to step up. And, and, and not to forget that there, a lot of teachers are parents, so you can stand up at your kids' schools. If they don't go to your school, it might be a little more difficult, but you can stand up for your, your, your kids at their school. If they don't go to your school, it might be a little more difficult, but you're a parent. And don't let anyone tell oh. you that they know better than you about your kids. That is a that is a great point, and we're all American citizens. So, mm-hmm. all right, Brad, thanks so much for your time. You have a great day. Thank you, Jenny. All right, talk to you soon. Bye bye.